we're analyzing Netflix, stock ticker NFLX to see if it's a great business on sale. We're using the Select 6 analysis to look at the most telling financial metrics before estimating a fair value for Netflix. Then we're giving a final rating to the business. Before we get into these valuable metrics, let's understand Netflix stock performance. Right now, Netflix trades for $424.02 per share. Year-to-date, they're beating the market. Netflix's stock price is up 44%. They're one of the companies leading the charge of the S&P 500. In the last five years, Netflix's stock price is only up 9% overall. After falling more than 60% from their all-time highs in November of 2021, the company's rebounded and their stock price is up nearly two and a half times in the last year alone. In the last 10 years, Netflix is one of the top performing stocks in the market. They're compounding at 28.5% annually. Going back prior to the global financial crisis, this is also the case. Netflix easily beats the market average. They're compounding at 35.5% in the last two decades. Netflix's stock is up over 200 times. Right now, Netflix trades $20 below their 52-week high. They're up 2.5 times from their 52-week low. Just under 2% of their shares are sold short. Netflix is a huge business. They have a $188.5 billion market cap. But the burning question is, why should we be paying close attention to Netflix? Netflix is also owned by some super investors. It's in the Pollen Capital Management portfolio. It's also owned by Thomas Russo. And Netflix is a position in Sequoia Fund. Netflix's primary business is a streaming video on demand service now available in almost every country worldwide except China. The firm primarily generates revenue from its subscription to its service. Netflix delivers original and third-party digital video content to computers, internet-connected TVs, and consumer electronic devices, including tablets, video game consoles, Apple TV, Roku, and Chromecast. Netflix is the largest subscription video on-demand platform in the world, with over 231 million paid members globally. It was incorporated in 1997 and is headquartered in Los Gatos, California. Now that we have that background, let's get into the numbers. Metric number one, we want their average return on capital in the last five years to be above 14%. The average listed business earns about a 7% return on capital. Over the long run, over the course of decades, a stock's likely to return what its underlying business returns. These are captured by return on capital. Looking for a benchmark that's double the average builds in margin of safety based off the quality of the business. Netflix's returns on capital have improved over this time. They've gone from around 10% to the mid to high teens. When we average out their last five fiscal years, Netflix earns 13.96% returns on capital. These are so, so close to the metric we're looking for, but just barely down from that, meaning this is an X on metric number one. Netflix also earned 13.9% returns on capital in their last 12 months. Again, very, very close. Metric number two, we're looking for growth to go along with high returns on capital. We want to see five-year growth in their revenues, net incomes, and free cash flows. All three need to be up for this to be a check. We'll include their numbers up until today when making calculations. Netflix has doubled their revenues over this time. Their earnings are up three and a half times. Their free cash flows were negative in three of these years, but they're positive today. This is growth across the board for Netflix. Our first check coming in on metric number two. Metric number three, we're looking at Netflix from the view of an individual shareholder. We want to see earnings per share growth in the last five years. During this time, we just learned Netflix has grown their earnings by three and a half times, and they bought back just a very tiny amount of their shares outstanding. This is better than shareholder dilution. Because of this huge growth in earnings and just tiny share buybacks, this is a check on metric number three. 
Metric number four, we're looking for free cash flow per share growth in the last five years. Because their free cash flows have gone from being negative to positive today, and with these tiny share buybacks, this is a check on metric number four. Recapping where we stand currently, through four metrics, we have three checks and only one X for Netflix, which again was very, very close to being a check. During economic downturns, it's overly levered businesses that are at the greatest risk of poor outcomes. We want Netflix's net debt, which is their total debt minus their cash and their short-term investments, to be below the amount of free cash flow they produced in their last five years. Netflix ended their last fiscal year with $10.9 billion in net debt. Right now, their net debt is $9.1 billion, so they've reduced this. In their last five fiscal years, when we add up all their free cash flows, Netflix has still consumed free cash flow. This mainly comes from their performance in fiscal 2018 and 2019. This means their free cash flows have been negative over this time. This is an X on metric number five. Things might be better off today and going into the future, but during this time, Netflix has not supported their debt loads. Worth being aware of, Netflix produced $2.9 billion of free cash flow in their last 12 months. If we project that into the future, that would easily support their current debt position. Netflix would be able to pay off all their net debt using just five years of future free cash flows if those stayed level. The big metric of them all, metric number six, we want Netflix's average five-year free cash flow to their total enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. If this is the case, this gives a slight risk premium to the yield of the 10-year treasury. It's the first of two different ways we'll be estimating a fair value for Netflix. Right now, Netflix has a $197.5 billion enterprise value. This accounts for both their net debt position and their market cap. It looks at Netflix similar to it being a private company. We learned in their last five years, Netflix has produced negative free cash flows when those are added up. Netflix has a negative average free cash flow to enterprise value yield. On a current basis, Netflix produced $2.9 billion of free cash flow in their last 12 months. When that's divided by their nearly $200 billion enterprise value, we get about a 1.5% current free cash flow to enterprise value yield. We are looking at this metric on an average, but even on a current basis, that's less than half of the yield of the 10-year treasury and well below the risk premium we'd be seeking. This is an X on metric number six for Netflix, but don't just throw this business out. We need to come to a more concrete estimate of Netflix's fair value per share. Everything we've discussed so far is important, but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze Netflix, which takes us on to using a discounted cash flow model to come to an estimate of their fair value per share. A DCF model is based off the predictability of a company's free cash flows. Like any model in any discipline, its outputs are sensitive to its inputs. Netflix has had a high degree of business predictability in their past. We're taking their current free cash flows and using historical assumptions to grow these into the future. It's up to you to figure out if these will be accurate or not for Netflix. Netflix, assuming they grow their free cash flows at 19% annually for the next 10 years, then in the decade from there, assuming this growth rate is cut in half and they grow at 9.5% annually, if we add in the company's tangible book value, which gives an estimate of their net worth, if we're seeking a 15% rate of return, which is what Warren Buffett's looking for from his investments, and from today's valuations, an estimate of Netflix's fair value per share is around $125. That's down nearly $300 from the company's current stock price. It's about $40 below their 52-week lows. There are some key points you need to be mindful of. Netflix has been very predictable in its past. That's not a guarantee for the future. Things could change, especially as streaming is such a competitive business. This discount rate is an estimate of total returns to shareholders based off their free cash flows. If Netflix starts paying a dividend, this would be a combination of their dividend yield and their rise in their stock price. Also, we've used some pretty generous growth assumptions for Netflix. 
You'd want to understand what size the business is at the end of this growth and terminal stage to figure out if this would be potentially accurate or not. Also, their fair value depends on what multiples the business will trade at. Most importantly, this is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Consult with a financial advisor before making any investment decision. In just a minute, we'll give our final rating to Netflix, but we have to address something first. We've covered the numbers, but the qualitative factors of the business are just as important. What are they? Looking at the factors supporting a potential long thesis, number one, international expansion offers attractive markets for adding subscribers. Number two, Netflix has built a substantial content library that will benefit the firm over the long term. Number three, Netflix's internal recommendation software and large subscriber base give the company an edge when deciding which content to acquire in future years. We need a balanced view of Netflix, so let's look at the negative factors too. Number one, the need for increased content and marketing spend outside of the United States could limit the rate of margin expansion for the international segment. Number two, the level of competition in the United States and internationally is increasing and will continue to do so over the near future. Disney and other media companies have launched their own branded subscription video on demand services in the recent past. Number three, the firm continues to burn billions of dollars of cash to create its original content with seemingly no end in sight. There you have it for a balanced perspective of some of the qualitative factors of Netflix. Netflix, now it's time to give our final rating. In analyzing Netflix stock ticker NFLX, we learn the business has grown strongly and earns above average returns on capital, very close to the benchmark we were looking for. They have not diluted shareholders. While they've still consumed cash flows in their last five years, they've at least produced positive free cash flows since 2020. It's worth reiterating this analysis is not financial advice. Netflix did not look attractive on either a current or an average free cash flow to enterprise value yield in comparison to the yield of the 10-year treasury. Even as a global streamer that's grown incredibly fast in their past, when we performed our discounted cash flow analysis from today's valuations using those assumptions, if you want a 15% rate of return, an estimate for Netflix's fair value per share is around $125. That would leave you with an insanely large business at the end of the next 20 years if those growth rates continued. Netflix last traded at those levels back in December of 2016. Looking at the factors of our analysis, Netflix looks like a weak candidate for further research. Again, this is not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Consult with a financial advisor before making any investment decision. Don't let that discourage you if you're interested in the business. If you enjoyed today's video, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, share your thoughts about Netflix, and let me know what business you want me to look at next in the comments below. Thanks for learning about Netflix with me and have a great day.